to the Friendship Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Brianna. I'm an extrovert, an Enneagram 2, and an ESFJ, all of which impact my work life in a variety of ways. And I'm Stephanie. I'm an introvert, an Enneagram 9, and an INFJ, and work-life balance is my superpower. This season, we're talking all about work. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of work meetings, working from home, and that elusive work-life balance. Let's commute into this season together and get to work. Hey, Bree. Hi, Steph. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1. We are talking all about work this season, and we are going to kick things off with work meetings. That is quite literally 50% of my job. Yeah, it has, since I became a manager, it has like ramped up the amount of meetings I'm in. Because I used, as a writer, you really aren't in that many meetings, maybe like a couple a month, and now it's just like, okay, there are literally days I'm just in meetings and the one the couple of times I had to babysit Brie while she was incapacitated with her ankle I was just astounded by how many meetings she did in a day and I was just like I would die like I would not be able to handle it yeah my calendar software tells me how many hours I spend on average each week in meetings oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) My current average sits at about 12 hours of meetings, but several times in the last three months, 18 hours plus. Oh, so I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, if a work week is 40 hours, you know, it's 40 hours. I'm spending quite literally half in meetings. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So we are going to talk about all kinds of meetings, what we love and hate about them, what kind of meetings we're sitting in. And how our personalities impact the way we approach meetings. Because this is a podcast about personalities, of course. Sounds great. Let's get into it. Let's do it. We will start, like we always do, with a life update. So Brie, what is going on with you right now? My life update, I'm actually going to make about producer Sean. Sean! Yeah, so recently our beer fridge kicked. Fun womp, fact womp. was we we kept a separate little fridge like for adult beverages. So we kept like, beer, hard seltzers, wine, etc. In, in this little fridge. It finally died. And Sean was at Goodwill in St. Pete like a couple weeks ago. And he found this old like light pine wood cabinet like straight out of the late 80s early 90s for eight dollars oh my gosh and he said i think i'm gonna build us a little bar area thing and i said that sounds good since we suddenly had this like gaping hole of like space in our living room so sean's he's just about putting the finishing touches on it but we bought a wine cooler since we've really cut back on beer we're not we're not really drinking so much of that anymore but we're really into wine lately so we got a wine cooler some like glassware like storage racks like you see at bars where they like slide them in and out 
we got some wire racks for the red wine because that does not get chilled. Although I have definitely been out where I've seen women stick ice cubes in their red wine. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. But regardless, we're keeping ours out of the fridge. And we have a sign that we custom ordered on Etsy coming for it. We're going to call it the Greyhound Pub. I love that so much. Isn't that cute? Oh yeah. My so that so once that comes in, Sean will install that and he'll install the bar top that's still drying in the garage and then we'll have a new little bar area. I love it. This is very on brand for you guys. I also love that you guys are now like more winos than beer drinkers. So it feels like not that like you can't I don't know, it just like there's something like more adult about that. Like, a, we have to drink a red wine for our health, health benefits. I mean, there's antioxidants. Yes. And it's basically fruit salad in a glass. Exactly. Grapes all mashed up and fermented. It's good for you. Yeah, fermented things are great for your gut health. Exactly. There are some, like, health nuts out there who are, like, literally cringing as I'm saying <laughs> all these things. Like, that couldn't be further from the truth. Although there are studies that say, like, a glass of red wine a day can be like good for your heart health i don't know why but i thought i saw like an article oh yeah i've seen that before too like it's actually proven that like red wine is good for your heart i'm not like all of the red wine but a lot of european countries they drink wine with their evening meal and they start them young and they're they tend to be healthy so yeah Maybe there's maybe there's a reason behind it. Anyway, so that's my life update. What's going on with you? For me, I have joined a new social group, which is big for me. It is called the Silent Book Club. And I heard about it from our friend Amber. And I just, when I found out that this was happening, I was like, I'm absolutely going to this book club. It's exactly what you might think. It is just a book club where you come and you read silently with a bunch of other book lovers. We have been meeting at this coffee shop called Ginger Beard Coffee. So we all get together. They have this big table in the back that fits like all of us. But like there's so many people now, like there's probably like 20-ish people who come. Wow. Yeah. That's a sizable group. Yeah, it's a big group. So some people are like sit in like the tables surrounding the big table, but we like order coffee and then we sit down and for probably the first like 30 minutes, we're just chit-chatting, talking about life and mostly books. So like (laughs) we're not like getting too nitty gritty into life. Mostly we're talking about like the books we're reading and stuff like that. And then for an hour, we just read silently with our books. So I get a nice little chunk of reading in. And then afterwards, we've been doing a book exchange, a blind book exchange. So you come with a wrapped book and you have like what the book's about on the wrapping and we go around and we talk about like this is my book I brought it's historical fiction and this are the things that happen in it trying not to give anything away and then we all like pick we do it white elephant style so you can snatch somebody's book if they decide they want it so that's happened that happened to me in the last meeting somebody took my book so then I took a different book and then somebody took that book from me. So I got to steal my first book back. And then nobody could steal it because you can only steal it twice. So that was fun. But it's been, it's like this 
very low key social gathering because like I said, like I said in my other, the other episodes, it's kind of that perfect social group for me where I am going for a specific purpose. So I know everybody there is going to be a book lover and it's, there's a structure to the event and it doesn't feel like really scary. Um, the first time I went, I did, Amber did come too. So that was, that made it a lot easier. So we both came and she couldn't come to the meeting in February. So I went alone, but it was fine because like I had a lot of friends. I, well, not friends, but like people I knew, like from the last meeting. So it's been really fun and I'm excited to keep going and see how it evolves. They want to try to do like different coffee shops around the area. So the one where the March is meeting, which will probably have already happened when this comes out, is going to be at the coffee shop that's like five minutes from me, which is great because the other two meetings I've had to like go into Tampa for for it. So I'm excited. It's is been it- great. Is it open membership? Yeah. Anybody can come. Are there fees? No fees. That's awesome. Yeah. And then how do you find out about the meetings? Is there like a website or like a group yeah, they on have, Facebook? They have a Facebook group and an Instagram. So it's the Silent Book Club Tampa, which we'll put in the show notes if you're local. And if you're not local, I would Google like Silent Book Club and your city and see if there's anything like that around you. This one literally started in like November. So it's like a brand new group, but there are a lot of these different silent book clubs like popping up. So if you're not like you don't want to join a book club and like have to read a specific book, this is a great way to just be able to have that bookish community, but in a much like less structured way. This is incredible. Yeah. I love that. It's fun. Wow. Great update. Wonderful. Okay, let's talk about work meetings. Okay. All right. So first, I want you to take us through the types of work meetings you have to do on a typical week, if that's even possible. Like, (laughs) we know how much time you're spending meetings between 12 to 18 hours. Yeah. What do they look like? Stuff like that. Just kind of bring us into your a week of meetings. So there's what I will call four types of meetings that I have. There's my standing internal meetings. So these are meetings I have with my manager, I have with my VP, and I have with my direct reports, my one-on-ones. Those are standing internal meetings that I have. So there's that set. Then there's my standing client meetings. So most of my clients, I have either a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly call cadence with. So on a given week, whatever that cadence is, I'll have standing status calls with each of my clients. Then there's what I'll call ad hoc internal meetings. So these are either meetings to discuss projects or they're like all hands meetings or their department meetings, but like the the cadence is not necessarily regular. But I would say some of those like larger ones, like the all hands, there's like two of those a month I attend. The 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 business unit meeting, that's bi-weekly. So there are those types of meetings, plus like I said, like special projects and stuff like that, or prep for special projects. 
And then there's ad hoc client meetings. So a client has an issue. Hey, this might be easier to troubleshoot on a call. Or I see they've filed a technical support ticket and we needed trouble. We need to talk something through. We'll schedule a call or they're confused about how to do XYZ on our software platform. Oh, we can walk you through that. No problem. And we can even send you the recording after. So those are like the four different types of meetings. And like I said, on whatever given week, it's somewhere between 12 to 18 hours worth. That is a that is a lot. I'm tired Um, saying it, but it's also because of the type of role I have. mm -hmm. So I am in a director level customer service role. So my job quite literally is serving as like the communications liaison between a client and all the internal parties, wherever like they might need to talk to, whether it's someone from product or someone from the development team or an engineer or the technical team. So my my whole job is literally talking to people and coordinating. Mm. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I like how you broke up your different different types of meetings you're in because those would be very similar aside from the client meetings. So I also do... I have like standing internal meetings. So I have one with all of the managers in my department. We do a biweekly meeting. I have one. I have meetings with my team on a monthly cadence. And like I do one-on-ones with them on a monthly cadence. And then we have like other team meetings that I attend on a either bi-weekly or monthly cadence and then there are the ad hoc meetings and those I, w- I guess I would call them more for a me like project meetings where if we're like working together in a project we need to like touch base about something like we'll get on a meeting real quick and just talk that through and then there are the like more department level or no company level meetings that are just like, okay, we're going to get together with the whole organization and talk about for two hours what we're doing as an organization. So we do that as our large organization on a monthly basis. And then we do one with our global company. We are part of a global company. So we do that on a quarterly basis. I mean, I'm not really part of I don't, I just like sit and listen to those. So those are much easier than some of these other meetings. I don't do any client meetings at this point because I work as a content team manager in my role. So I am mostly dealing with our content writers and like making sure that they have everything they need. And I'm just working with them on assignments and projects and new initiatives we're running. I'm mostly coordinating all of that, which a lot of it doesn't doesn't really require a lot of meetings. I send a lot of emails more than meetings. So that's what it looks like on my end. So let's talk about what you love and what you hate about work meetings. Tell me everything. This I think is going to be fun because I think the things I love might be the things you hate. Let's do it. Okay. So one of the things I love about work meetings is the friendly banter before you actually start the meeting. (laughs) I love catching up like, hey, how are you? What are you up to? What did you, 
Like, do you have fun weekend plans? How are your plants? How are your pets? I I I like the the interpersonal connectivity and the chit chat. I think this could also be influenced by the fact that I work from home because when I was going to meetings in office there's like less of that banter it's more of like a virtual meeting kind of etiquette but I love it and you know I take that back because even in my in-person meetings there's a lot of that fun banter so I really like the fun banter the I like a well thought out meeting agenda I don't love having to put the work into it. <laughs> Prep work is so it's so hard for me to find time for it. And the and that leads me into the other thing I dislike about work meetings because I have so many. There's so many back to back. It's really hard to prep and recollect myself when I have so many back to back meetings. Yeah, that would and, be hard. And you know what? Sometimes nature calls and it's like <laughs> I don't get to go to the restroom. No. So I don't love those aspects of having so many meetings, but I would say that's my that's my love hate list. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to we probably should have like started this off, but like both of us are full time remote workers, so when we're talking about work meetings. They are for the most part totally like through Zoom or Teams or something like that. Like we're not doing in person work meetings. I don't remember the last time I had an it. It was before the pandemic. I had a, an in-person work meeting. It's always now virtual. No, at my old job, I had gone back into the office a few times and got to have some in-persons again. And at this new job, I've done some in-persons. I did a full conference in person, visited one client in person, and I've spent a day in the New York office doing in-person meetings. So I've done yeah. some in-person again, but by and large, my day-to-day is virtual. Yeah. Same. So it might surprise people that I don't actually hate work meetings. I oh. think it helps that I'm not doing 12 to 18 hours of work meetings. I think if... <laughs> The weeks where I have like three to four meetings every day are really taxing on me. But if it's like, oh, there's like, I've got like two meetings scheduled today. One's at like 10 and one's at two. I'm like, great. These are a way to like break up my day. So I enjoy that. And I think the discussion that happens in work meetings, like the fun banter and just like talking through like work issues for me I enjoy that it feels productive it feels like things are getting done and I'm getting like the answers I need so that's what I love and they help me feel connect stay connected and feel connected to my colleagues because like I said I am fully remote so I don't have that water cooler break room conversation anymore it's during the meetings is when we have that. However, like I said, they can just take a lot out of me emotionally, physically. I don't like meeting days where all I'm doing are meetings and I feel like I can't get anything else done. So yeah, I guess we have like the same like what we love and what we hate about them. I guess we're not that different in that aspect. We both like enjoy the banter, but hate how they can take up your whole day and really 
force you not to get anything else done. Yeah. But I guess I'm probably a little more exhausted after them at the end of the day. Yeah. Than you are. But yeah. Okay. So you brought us through all the different work meetings you attend. Yeah. What are your favorite kinds of work meetings? I think my favorite are the internal one-on-ones. I get to be the most myself in those whereas like when I'm meeting with clients I have I'll call it my professional facade Mm -hmm. where I'm just like I would not say I'm more reserved because that's not the right word I'm still very energetic and I'm still passionate but perhaps just like a smidge cleaned up like a like a more like a more buttoned up version of me yeah. because I feel that for building rapport I still have to have personality. That's a choice I yeah. made a long time ago. Like my clients will know who I am as a person because it's easier to connect with and to have almost like an emotional stickiness in like the relationship. And it's not just with the technology, it's also with who helps them use it. So and when I was managing in campaigns, it helps build trust, like to know who is spending your money, <laughs> so Absolutely. to speak. So, so definitely those one-on-one ones. So with my direct reports, I like it because we can spend some of that time getting to know each other better. But we can also spend some of that time troubleshooting together. And I like problem solving. And so my internal meetings have a lot more problem solving actively happening, I would say. Because on client meetings, they bring problems to us and then I take it and work it through internally. So a lot of like the more challenging thinking happens in my internal meetings. So I think I prefer those. Plus, I I just feel a sense of accomplishment after. It's rare that I'm going to get like a beat down in an internal meeting. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. If I did. I, I don't know what I would do. I, would do. I really truly like to work my hardest, do my best every day. I'm yeah. like very self-starter that way. So the idea of disappointing someone at work, like <laughs> that like truly terrifies me. Oh my God. I could not. I would fall apart. What about you? What's your favorite kind of work meeting? Like you, the internal one-on-ones are usually my favorite because that's when – I can be myself. Like we can talk about things other than work and you know stuff like that. It doesn't have to be as reserved. I can really just be myself. Like my one-on-ones with my director are probably my favorite meetings because we talk about books and just, we're like, "Okay, we got through the list of things we wanted to talk about. Now let's talk about books." So we do that a lot. We just like end every meeting like, "What are you reading?" or "What did you get from book of the month this month?" and stuff like that. So I really enjoy that. I also like more like brainstorm meetings. They can be fun and more like off the wall where you can just like throw out just like the craziest ideas and just see what sticks and I think I've done that a lot more as we became a manager and now I'm just being able to like sit in those meetings and like hey let's think of a different way to do this process we've been doing for eight years and like is there a better way we can do it and my director likes to say that I'm just great at like not caring about 
like destroying processes. She's like, you're the person I can come to. And if I just want to destroy a process, you're like, all right, let's figure it out. Because I'm definitely the like, let's see a different way if we can do do something a different way. It's so I like those meetings where we can just like really break down a process and brainstorm and stuff like that and be like, really big picture thinkers that's fun it's invigorating right it is and it's just like oh wow we never thought about doing something this way but why not why not like change things up why do we have to keep doing something the same way so those are fun and yeah i think that's what i like the most about those are my favorite kinds of meetings cool okay let's talk personalities for a minute how does your personality as an extrovert and an em enneagram 2 access service all that personality stuff how does that play into the way you approach work meetings i think my my exuberance is definitely like my extroversion like being around people talking to people that I get a lot of energy out of that so I'm very lively on meetings I have an alter ego her name is DJ Breber what (laughs) I have never heard of DJ Breber DJ Breber hosts meetings oh my god my mind is just been blown yeah so that 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 works out well for me my Enneagram 2, so that's affectionately called the helper. So I think that's actually what makes me really well suited for being in like this client success, like customer service type role, because I have that deep empathy and desire to help and assist and problem solve and make things better and do so without any expectation in return like so I think I'm very well suited for the type of role that I have because of my personality type and honestly even if I look at some of the other traits of my Myers-Briggs like I I feel things I think that makes me a great empathetic manager so I am understanding of like the situations that my fellow coworkers, like my peer set or the employees who report into me or even like my managers, like they're shielding me from things that I don't have to be exposed to, like other pressures. And I'm cognizant, excuse me, I'm cognizant of that. So I think it's given me the tool set I need to be good at the kind of role I have now. Yeah, I think all of that makes a lot of sense. Cool. What about you? All right. So being one of the biggest things about being an Enneagram 9 is I always want people to feel like they're being heard. I want them to feel welcomed and accepted. Like I really, we, Enneagram 9s really just want that for other people. And that's because we feel like we don't get that in, whether that's true or not, that's just the way we op- our brains operate. My big thing is to make sure like on a meeting that everyone has time to talk and get their thoughts out. But I'm also, as an introvert, I understand that not everyone wants to talk during a meeting. And I don't force that on people. Like I don't force that on people on my team. Although I think 
everyone on my team is mostly an extrovert so I think that's fine but I don't force it on people and I understand like for me I really understand when people need to be don't want to talk or are just really processing everything that's coming their way and they don't necessarily have an opinion on something at the moment but they might have an opinion later once they've been able to process everything we just think a lot internally while extroverts think a lot externally which is great it's helpful in our meetings to have those people who are just thinking out loud but like introverts just like we don't have that ability as easily so I try to make sure people have the space to talk when they need to on the flip side that means that I really have the tendency not to really speak up I've been getting better about it I'm really I think I'm better like with like department meetings because I know the all the people really well so I feel comfortable sharing but I can be somebody who's just gonna like listen take it all in process it and then think about if I have anything I want to talk about with like my director or anything afterwards but I'm usually not the loudest person on the meeting surprisingly (laughs) who would have thought and then another thing I want to say it's not really about meetings, but like I do feel like, like you said, you lead with empathy and feelings and like un- trying to understand your direct reports. And that is something I really engage with. And it's funny because I have another woman who is a manager like me and she's an Enneagram too. And we're just like, we're too feely. Like we're too like empathetic for this role as a manager. Cause we just want like everything for our, our like direct reports. We're just like, we want them to have the world and like, we want them to get to do whatever they want to do. And like, that's not always possible. And we're just very feely people. And like, that can be really difficult as a manager. Yeah, setting boundaries Yeah, with your emotions is really important. It is because like I just want to give my employees like everything they want. And like I just I try really hard to just be very vocal for them. Like obviously words of affirmation is my love language. So like I try to affirm them and just like let them know when I'm like really like let them know when they're doing a great job and all of that. So yes. That's kind of how my personality plays into it. None of that is surprising to me. None of it. None of it. Okay. So this is a fun question that I put on here, our our outline. And I want to know if you have an answer for it. But if you had one magical wish about work meetings, what would it be? I wish I could read people's minds. Ooh, I would love to know what people are really thinking about what I'm saying. Like if they're processing it, if they're already thinking about how to say what I'm saying is incorrect. Like I wish I could read people's minds. Some people have a really good poker face. Oh, yeah. Like I think I'm good at reading people. But if the other person that you're working with is not super emotive Or if you're not in person, you can't read body language. Sometimes it's hard to um, gauge where they're at or what they're thinking. So if I could read minds, that would be (laughs) awesome. I wish I was somebody who had a poker face. I just had a meeting recently where 
the another woman on the meeting like messaged me separately and she was like are you okay because i guess my face i was literally just ordering uber eats and making sure it was getting there that's very <laughs> funny i mean, but that's serious business man <laughs> just like oh i was just making sure my lunch was gonna get here but yeah but i do not have a poker face okay so my magical wish after thinking about this it's going to be very superficial but i wish that i could have perfect lighting no matter where I sit in my apartment because like there are just areas in my apartment that like because I just have like one big window in my living room and then I have a smaller window in my bedroom so like I have to be like right in front of the window to get like perfect lighting I can't be like at my dining room table unless I like turn on all the lights and like shine a ring light and and I hate using ring lights because they reflect off my glasses so it looks weird I just want to have that perfect lighting no matter where I am like that is my magical wish I also magically wished that my hair and makeup would be done right <laughs> like you could just put the filter on and it just like a filters. filter that just like and put it perfectly zoom has some filters but not yeah. like instagram filters you know like yeah make me look good yeah we need like facetune for zoom facetune <laughs> oh my god photoshop instantaneously yes. please yes yeah that would be nice because there are so many times where i'm just like i'm not i'm not worried i'm not i'm not doing it i'm not putting on makeup i'm not doing my hair i'm gonna look like a mess and I don't care. And thankfully, I don't have client meetings because if I had client meetings, it would be a different story. But like for internal meetings, I I try to at least a couple times a week, like show up like I'm a human being. That's when we were in office, you were done up every day. I know. I don't know how I did that. I, I do not know how I managed to get up. Sometimes I would do a workout and then get ready be presentable every day by like 7 or 7.30. Like, how did I do that? Routine. Yeah. It, you were just used to doing it, so it was easy to keep doing it. Or inertia. Object yeah. emotion stays in motion. Like, you just had that. Yeah, you just had to do that, it, so you did it. Like, the rat race inertia. Like, you you, you got up, you did your workout, you took your shower, you did your hair, you did your makeup, you put on your clothes, you packed your lunch, you got out the door, you did your drive. Like, those mm, things you just, just did them. crazy, yeah. Oh, glad I don't have to do that anymore, but okay. Do you have a tip for our episode on work meetings? I sure do. And this applies mostly to the virtual variety because you don't have an option for the in-person variety. But my tip is to have the camera on. I know a lot of us are fatigued out, like a lot of meetings, a lot of FaceTime. It's hard to keep a neutral or smiley look plastered on your face I get it but it really is instantly more engaging and that connectivity matters and I know I am a horrific multitasker having that camera on keeps me accountable to staying focused on the meeting at hand and not finishing this last email like it's just better engagement overall have the camera on that's my tip what about you? What's your tip? My tip is that it is okay 
to not be the loudest voice on a meeting. It is okay that you might be an internal processor, so you need to take in all the information first and think about what opinions you have about what happened during the meeting. I would be direct with your manager and just say, this is how I deal with meetings. I've said that to my manager and she's been cool about it. And sometimes we will have like one-on-ones after the meeting to like go over what my thoughts were. It's okay that you process things differently and like you're not going to be saying everything out loud. You're going to be thinking about it and that is okay. I love that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that is our discussion on work meetings. We did it. We did it. Yay. Meeting accomplished. Meeting accomplished. I will be sending out a recording of this meeting afterwards. (laughs) I'll circle back. (laughs) I was about to say something about circle back. Oh, man. All right. What are you obsessed with, Brie? Tell us. Okay. His name is Beerus. Beerus and? He is my aunt slash cousin's hairless cat. Oh my goodness. Beerus is a sphinx. He's two and a half years old. And oh my God, I met him in person finally for the first time. And I'm in love. I've never had a cat greet me by licking me before. (laughs) And then he took his cute little wrinkly, there's actually a little bit of hair on the face, face, and he rubbed it all over my nose and face affectionately for like 10 whole minutes straight. That is Brie catnip. Oh, catnip. (laughs) That's very funny. I couldn't believe how he felt. Like I thought would feel like human skin because... That's kind of what it like. It's just like skin and like there's not really hair or there's like little baby hairs on certain parts. It felt like velvet. Really? Yeah. He feels like velvet. Yeah. He's very like it's it's a nice, nice hand feel, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Super affectionate. And I get a lot of videos of him from my aunt, so I know he's full of personality, but like he's really full of personality. He's more like a toddler than a cat. And he likes to insert himself into every situation and he's just friendly. Oh my God, I'm so in love. So that's my obsession. My aunt's cat. I love it. So cool. What are you obsessed with right now? So I'm going to cheat and share two obsessions. And that's they are- okay. Thanks. So they are both reality TV shows that I recently watched things to my mom saying you need to watch these shows so we can discuss them because as you know from earlier episodes, my mom and I just love watching shows together and talking about them together. So the first one has really gotten popular in the last few weeks. I'm really happy about that. It's called The Traitors and it's streaming on Peacock and they just got renewed for a second season. So I'm so excited. But it is for this season, I don't know if they're going to keep doing this, but for this season, they had half previous reality TV stars and half like regular people who've never been on a reality TV show. So it was really fun because I got to see some people I have seen on other reality TV shows. So they had people from Survivor, Big Brother, Below Deck. I'm trying to think of 
Claire's name. Oh, and they had a, a former bachelor on, which was fun. <laughs> so uh, basically the premise of the show is that there are 20 people and three of these people are traitors and the other 17 are called the faithfuls. And the faithfuls need to figure out who the traitors are. And every night, the traitors the traitors will murder one of the faithfuls. So then the next day, the faithfuls with the traitors, because nobody knows who they are, will get together and try to figure out who one of the traitors are. And if they're right, if they do figure out who all the traitors are, then they get to split a pot of money. But if they leave any traitor in the game, the traitor gets all of the money. Whoa. So it is just so much fun. And just like the psychological (laughs) torture they put these people through is like so interesting to me. Both the traitors who have to like pretend they're a faithful and like be like, no, I definitely think so-and-so is a traitor. Yeah. And like, they know this person isn't a traitor, but they have to pretend and like ruin this person's life. And oh my God, it's, it was so good. I could not stop watching. It's hosted by Alan Cumming, who like hands it up so (laughs) well. And it takes place in a Scottish castle, which is just fun. So, and like creepy for like a murder mystery kind of thing definitely so it's really fun i highly recommend it i have a question yes does the audience like do you know who is who yes we know who the traitors are and who the faithfuls are interesting yes so you get to watch them suffer and get things wrong yes that's (laughs) what's like really interesting i mean it's also interesting to watch like the traitors have to like be normal so at every morning they all meet for breakfast and then obviously there's going to be one less person at breakfast and like the traders have to pretend to be surprised every time they see people and have to be surprised when like they fig find out who got murdered even though they're the ones who murdered them so it's a lot of psychological torture i feel like <laughs> but it was really good so i highly recommend it it had a fantastic ending So definitely watch that. The other one is The Climb, which is about a bunch of mountain climbers, rock climbers. It's hosted by Chris Sharma, who apparently is huge in the rock climbing community, but I don't know much about rock climbing, so it didn't, I didn't know. But it's a bunch of, it's probably like 12, 10 to 12 people they brought to like do these insane climbs in like Spain and I think they went to Jordan, maybe somewhere around there to do like really insane climbs all around the area. And that one was just fun because it's it was just something I, I don't really know anything about rock climbing. And it was really cool to just see these people who really love rock climbing and are just really brave for what they're doing because i just cannot imagine they're brave and their athleticism is super specified yes it's all it's yeah that's what's crazy because it's a lot of like upper body but then you also have to be like flexible and like agile and all of that so that one is a good one that one's on hbo max and it's so well produced because it's hbo max but it's like so wonderfully produced that 
it's great. And like the scenery is just insane. I'm like, I wish I could be a rock climber just to see that scenery. But no, it's not in the cards for me. I'm too scared. But one of the interesting things about that show was just recognizing that all these rock climbers are also scared because they would talk about that a lot. Like, I'm like really nervous or I had anxiety all night about doing this climb. And I'm like, oh, they're not like just whatever. I'm going on this crazy rock climbing. Like, they're also terrified, but they find a way to like push through it. So it was cool. I liked it. So those That's are so my... different. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Well, that's all we got for you. We got through the whole episode? We did. We Good did job, again. us. Gold star for us. Positive work review. <laughs> Yay. You get a, a merit raise. raise. <laughs> all right, friends. Uh, if you would like to support our podcast, you can do that by giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find out about our show and we can keep doing this, although we will keep doing this no matter what because we kind of like it a lot. Yeah, we're really enjoying ourselves. Yeah, we're just having fun and that's what's important. But we want more people to have fun with us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that. You can also follow us on The Friendship Paradox on Instagram, we are talking about friendship over there. Hopefully, I will get better about posting on there aside from episode recaps. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. You know it's what? Baby goal. steps. Baby steps. And subscribe to our show if you are not already so you can get all of our episodes downloaded right to your feed no matter what. And that's all I got. I'm Stephanie. I'm Bree. Thanks for hanging out with the Friendship Paradox. Bye-bye.